This, this is the Buck Sexton Show, where the mission, or mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America. Great. You're a great American. Again. The Buck Sexton Show begins. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Hello, hello, hello. It is not Buck Sexton, but I am... A friend of Buck. It's the godfather, Mike Opelka, sitting in for my friend Buck Sexton on this first day of October. I hope you are well. I have missed you all, and I'm happy to be back. Boy, do we have a lot to get to tonight. I can't believe it. Uh, I have a, a full notebook, an actual notebook. Yes, yeah, so I take pen and paper and write in cursive and prepare notes for this program. But I'm happy to be here live from the constitutionally protected free speech bunker in the woods of Delaware, where I am safe and I am protected by my constitution, my faith and the Second Amendment. So I'm happy to be here tonight. I hope you will be part of this program. We have a lot to get to. Uh, We're going to talk to some of our friends. A great legal mind is going to help us try and understand what the heck is going on in the confirmation of Judge Kavanaugh. Uh, Our buddy, Nick Searcy, who is a Hollywood presence, a good, solid conservative guy, a great actor, and the director of the Gosnell movie is going to join us later. And I think Dr. Gorka, Sebastian Gorka, is going to weigh in tonight. So it's a busy, busy night, but there's always room for you. Now, what do I mean? Well, I want you to be a part of the show. I want you to be engaged and involved. You can bring up any topic you want, as long as you answer the question of the night. And I bring this up because it's October, and as October comes around, we usually see a bunch of scary films debuting. And tonight is the 50th anniversary of one of the scariest films ever, ever made. It was made for $110,000, and it's brought in over $30 million over the course of its Life as a movie, it's on TV too. You can find it everywhere. Of course, I'm talking about George Romero's classic Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead for me, for this host, Michael Pelka, will always be the scariest movie ever made. And if you've seen it without commercial interruption, if you've seen it in a theater, you know what I'm talking about. Again, Made for $110,000 back in 1968, debuted on this date. The late, great George Romero directed it, black and white. It has uh, social messages embedded into it, too. So uh, I want to know from you. Again, we'll talk anything. We're going to talk Kavanaugh. We're going to talk about the president and his deal with Mexico and Canada. And and we'll talk about more about what appears to be a... uh, A new war brewing in the Middle East. Thank you, Iran. Uh, But there's so much to get to. But you need to tell me, what is the scariest movie in your world? The scariest movie ever made. 844-900-BUCK. 844-900-BUCK. That's 2825 if you're alphanumerically challenged. I maintain, without question, the very humble unencumbered with overproduction of Hollywood, Night of the Living Dead is probably, 
uh, an all-time classic, but in my world, the scariest movie ever made. So what's yours? I know, I know John back in New York said it was uh, not Jaws. He said it was The Exorcist, which was scary. I maintain the book was scarier than the movie. So you're welcome to weigh on, in on this at any time and join in the conversation. Now, today... Today we had uh, the Monday after all the Sunday shows, and I look forward to uh, what happens on the Sunday shows because we can get a couple of things in our minds. If you watch the Sunday talk shows, meaning Meet the Press and ABC's This Week and Fox News Sunday and even the thing over at CBS that nobody watches and Jake Tapper, you can kind of get an idea what the talking points are from both sides of the aisle. And yesterday, Lindsey Graham was doing yeoman duty, getting out there, making what I would consider a prima facie case against the Democrats and exposing what they have done, the despicable approach they took on trying to block Judge Kavanaugh at all costs. So um, I, I'm amazed, amazed at uh, what I saw. I, Lindsey Graham just lifted my heart last week when he made that statement saying what a weasel the uh, Democratic side of the aisle had turned into and how they treated Judge Kavanaugh. And if you watched the Sunday talk shows, I was going to say that it was the greatest episode of Meet the Press ever. But I don't know if anybody will get the joke. Yesterday was the single best episode of Meet the Press that I have ever seen. No? Nobody? Well, it wasn't on last week because... uh, the uh, Ryder Cup match, the golf match, preempted it. So that's why it was the single greatest episode ever. But the, the terminology that has shown up in the language of the left when it comes to blocking Judge Kavanaugh. Now, let's go over some of the arguments that they have uh, brought up to block Kavanaugh. One of those arguments was, well, he's going to... Uh, He's going to overturn Roe, overturn Roe v. Wade. That was the first one. They said, we can't have this. He's going to overturn Roe v. Wade. And then after the meetings with Judge Kavanaugh and some of the testimony, it seems like, hmm, no, maybe he's not going to come in with judicial prejudice and, and look to overturn Roe v. Wade. So they, they shifted gears and then suddenly... At the end of the hearing process, they came up with this accuser and the anonymous accuser that Dianne Feinstein had sat on for six weeks. And so we said, wait a minute, we're going to question his character from 36 years ago. And we then discovered how many holes there were in the story of Professor Ford. And then over the weekend, after the testimony, and I was in D.C. last week, I saw Buck on Thursday, we ran into each other at a book party for a friend of ours. I was in D.C. to cover the, uh, the hearing and the protests. And then last week, when it looked like, despite all of the obstruction and deflection and, and all the moves that were being made by the left, that Judge Kavanaugh was going to push through and we would still have this week-long investigation, which everybody knew Everybody and their dog knew that the Democrats were going to complain that a week was not enough. They started shifting the narrative. And listen to your friends. Listen to your friends on the left who are saying 
they're using the phrase the wrong temperament to be a Supreme Court justice. He has the wrong temperament. This is being said by virtually every single one of the pundits. It's being said by the senators, the, the Congress people on the left are now bringing it up. And you will hear the parrots from the left on Facebook and Twitter bringing it up. He's the wrong temperament. And SNL, which we'll get into, SNL went after Kavanaugh and, and everyone saying he was yelling. I'm sorry he wasn't yelling. If that's what you called yelling, you're ignorant. And let's not forget, a week and a half ago, when Judge Kavanaugh was interviewed on Fox News, they said, oh, he's too robotic. He's, he doesn't have emotion. And then when he comes out and defends himself and his family, he's called too emotional. He doesn't have the right temperament. They're even now playing the card. If a woman had done what Judge Kavanaugh did, she'd be called hysterical. And not the good hysterical, you know, the, the crazy hysterical. We'll get into that a little bit. But I got to check in with uh, one of the Buck family on the phone from Alabama. Solomon checking in this evening. Solomon, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. How are you? Man, I'm doing fabulous. I'm glad you're there helping uh, uh, move the country forward. Oh, God bless you. Uh, Thank you. Had- you. What, what part of Alabama, my friend? Well, I'm in Mobile, and I'm uh, catching your show on 104.9. It's a uh, iHeart station out of uh, Biloxi. Okay, and and uh, Mobile, Alabama, is Wenzel's Oyster House still there? Oh, it is, man. You ought to go there with me. Uh, I guarantee you. Uh, when uh, Kasich was running for president, he had uh, he had his. Uh, uh, local press conference right there and uh, they could have held it in the uh, uh in the telephone booth that they got right there <laughs> I understand if you people ever get to mobile get to Wenzel's and they had a giant billboard and it said fried stewed or nude you could get them any way you want them at Wenzel's and I have had many a dozen there Solomon so Solomon you were calling about my ridiculous question of the day, the scariest movie ever made. What is your pick? I pick uh, The Blob with Steve McQueen. Um, and part of that is I, when I watched it, I was very young, okay? Yeah. But it has stuck with me. Now, I, I think your selection of The Night of Living Dead is, is appropriate, but it just never had the grip that the blob had well the blob okay. was a great movie also had uh, a great theme song that went to, i think number one on the pop charts it was a cheesy song and the movie theater where i'm not going to give away any spoilers the movie theater where a critical scene happens in the blob still holds a blob festival every summer so if you're wow. ever in new jersey it's a cool thing to do all right solomon a uh, real quick question for you if you're a yeah. betting man, a week from today, is there a Justice Kavanaugh or not? Well, uh, uh, I'm going to say that uh, the chances are that it is, but I'm surprised that nobody's really mentioning anything about, you know, the CIA involvement in this thing. Long history of CIA involvement. Nobody's mentioning anything about Dr. Ford's 
bashing her car into tree under psychedelic drugs uh, multiple, several, many, many years ago. Almost, uh, it was almost fatal accident, and no one's really looking into uh, to her uh, into her past. Okay, well, I I got to dig on that because I'm I'm uneducated on some of those allegations, but I will look into it, and we'll get yeah. back on if I've got verification, I will put it out there, Solomon. But do me a favor, go have a dozen at Wenzel's and uh, wash it down with a beautiful Dixie beer, and then tell everybody I said how you doing. So I appreciate you, my oh, friend. You're the guy. You're the guy. You got to. Re- are you are you running a tab down there? Oh uh, yeah, sure. yeah, sure. It's uh, <laughs> ask for the sextant. And no, I'm not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> when I'm in town, we'll find it together. Thank you, Solomon. Have a great day. Michael Pelka is my name. I'll be here tonight filling in for our friend Buck Sexton on the Buck Sexton Show. When we get back, my buddy and attorney, Wendy Patrick, helps us sort out all of the legalese from the last few days on the Buck Sexton Show. It is the Buck Sexton Show for Monday, October 1st. Mike Opelka here sitting in for my friend Buck. He'll be back tomorrow. I got to tell you, I I stay in contact with Buck, and I ran into him in D.C. on Thursday night. Uh, He looked great. He looks like he's busier than a one-legged man at a butt-kicking contest, so I'm very happy for him, and I'm happy to be here sitting in with this audience I enjoy so much. Um we're talking about the news of the day and what's happening with the Kavanaugh confirmation as well as some other stories and also putting all of you on the spot for what's the scariest movie ever. Now, why am I asking this? It's October, Halloween month. Scary movies come out. 50 years ago today, Night of the Living Dead debuted. I was a very young child who happened to see it. I didn't sleep for three days. So you're all welcome to weigh in on Scariest Movie. But I want you to meet a friend who has been on the show with me here before. She's one of um, the great legal minds that I deal with. Dr. Wendy Patrick, author, attorney, has been in courtrooms and looked at defendants and watched prosecutions go on. So she understands what's happening. And I wanted to pick her brain on what's going on with the Kavanaugh confirmation. Hello, my friend. How are you? Always a pleasure, Mike. Good to be here. Okay, Wendy, what's the scariest movie in your world? You know, as you were talking, I was trying to think, and I'm going to say it's a toss-up between The Exorcist and The Shining. And, you know, let me, let me throw one more in there, Mike, that is um, that I've actually tried to, to find this house, The Amityville Horror. Oh, I've Did been to the house. That came out. I've been to the house. It's on Long Island. You could see it. I know. They... I've tried to drive past it. They all. <laughs> I found five that looked like they could have been the house. But you talk about staying up all night. I think I stayed up all night after I saw the Amityville Horror. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so uh, would you consider the Senate confirmation hearings from the ju- Judiciary Committee to be as scary as the Amityville Horror? Not even close. In fact, I thought it was closer to a reality TV show than a horror movie. And here's why. It was 
full drama on display for everyone to see. And the, the level of emotion depicted by both Dr. Ford and Judge Kavanaugh, where it was unexpected, it went beyond expectations, it was almost over the top at times. And in retrospect, I feel that's why uh, this FBI investigation and this conversation has become so compelling. You know, almost everybody I know, even people that were not political, were glued to the set, because it wasn't even so much about politics as it was about humanity. And who is telling the truth? Dr. Blasey Ford's 100% sure it was Brett Kavanaugh. Judge Kavanaugh's 100% sure he didn't do it. Somebody's lying or somebody's mistaken, Mike. That's really what I'm left with at the end of the day. Well, at 36 years ago, there could be a lot of squishy memories there. And I read Rachel Mitchell, the Arizona sex crime prosecutor's report on this. And in that memo, she talks about no reasonable prosecutor would bring a case against Brett Kavanaugh based on the allegations for many reasons, um, much of which being the number of times her story changed. And her original story would have put Brett Kavanaugh 300 miles away from where she claimed it had had gone down. So there's all kinds of mystery about this. Did you find that Kavanaugh was, uh, with his emotions, was he out of line? Did he display, as the left is saying, a lack of temperament to be a Supreme Court justice? Well, think about the context, Mike. The reason that the answer is no is he is not somebody who's ever flown off the handle in a courtroom. He has never failed to exhibit anything other than perfect judicial temperament. He was being attacked on Thursday based on sexual allegations that he sexually assaulted someone. The forum was such that it was righteous indignation. He himself would probably have done it differently at times when he was fighting back with some of the senators. Um, remember the Senator Klobuchar exchange? Uh, well, how much do you drink? Have you have you had too many beers? Which, of course, he later, later apologized for that. He probably would have been more respectful, but the level of outrage, that's hard to contain. And, you know, I've been a prosecutor for 22 years, as you know, and part of what you see when somebody is unjustly accused is you do see a level of righteous indignation. Hmm. You'll see somebody saying, well, gosh, I don't remember if I did it or not. You see somebody saying, of course I didn't do that. I would never do that. But let me also counter that. I started my career as a defense attorney, and I thought that Christine Blasey Ford was also very credible. So what are we left with? We're left with wondering whether or not she was sexually assaulted, but not by Brett Kavanaugh. That is why if the FBI comes back with an inconclusive investigation, as they probably will 36 years ago, Uh, I gotta run, Wendy. I'm up against a hard wall. He's holding the line for America. Buck Sexton is back. You know, that's a whole lot of pressure, holding the line for America. It's Mike Opelka sitting in for my friend Buck Sexton. I guess I'll do my best. You guys know I'm, I'm willing to put every effort I can into holding up the high standards that Buck has set for you on this show. And uh, we're, we're also asking things that tap into your brain so we can understand who you are. So tonight's vital question, which has nothing to do with the news, because we'll talk about the news. We'll talk about any topic 
you want to bring up in the news, especially Kavanaugh in Canada, Mexico, the new trade deal, and what the heck's going on in the Middle East? Yes, the Iranians are launching missiles, missiles again. But the, uh, the question of the night, what is the scariest movie ever? I bring this up because today is the 50th anniversary of the release of my favorite scariest movie ever, The Night of the Living Dead. And I have to tell you, number two is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but not the first one, the second one. And if you haven't seen Chainsaw 2, you need to. But I'm asking you guys to weigh in on the news and weigh in on this scariest movie ever, 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825 is the number. Anne is in Virginia waiting patiently. Anne, welcome to the Buck Sexton program. How are you? Happy Monday to you, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. What part of Virginia, Anne? Um, Waynesboro. Do I know Waynesboro? Is that western part of the state? I don't know. It's by Richmond. Oh, okay. Great part of the state. Well, I like all of Virginia. I've I've been to a horse country. I've been to the the area close to D.C., which kind of gets scary sometimes. But uh, yeah, well, it, you wouldn't like it now. It's filled with mosquitoes. Oh, I know. After the, I'm I'm up in Delaware, not far from you, in the uh, bunker here in Delaware. So we've had a very moist fall and summer, and a lot of skeeters out there. What's the scariest um, movie in your world, Anne? Well, ten years ago, I would have said Psycho, but since then, I've stayed in a hotel, watched the movie, <laughs> took a shower. Norman didn't show up, so you know. Definitely The Shining. You and Dr. Wendy Patrick, both with I a know. vote for, for The Shining. And yeah. when uh, uh, the book was scary, Stephen King book, but when Jack Nicholson took on that role, <laughs> oh, and uh, the late Scatman Crothers was, yeah. all of them were yeah. great. It was a great film, all right. That's a scary one. I'll give you that one. Okay. All work and no play makes Jack good old boy. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks. I won't sleep tonight. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, let's check in in Jackson, Mississippi with Wade. Wade, welcome to the Buck Sexton program. You want to talk about Scary Movie and Kavanaugh? I do. And my Scary Movie, I, I'm, your two are, are right behind mine. And my first one is Hellraiser. Oh, Hellraiser. Yeah, that, that, that yeah, kind of... people forget about Hellraiser. That was a scary movie. That um, drifts into... Jack co- Nicholson and The Shining, that was the best role he ever did. That was that was really a great role for him. You know, uh, we were just talking about this. Uh, a group of us were sitting around talking about the great American actors of our time. And I, I said Nicholson, to me, is underappreciated, even though he's award-winning. But we haven't heard from Jack in a while, and I'm nervous that he's not well. You know, there was talk a while ago that he was not that he was having uh, brain issues. So I I've not heard or seen Jack Nicholson in so long. Wait, so I want. I, I think Kavanaugh has been put in a position that he is guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, the system is upside down at this point, and I think it's it's. It's a nightmare what's happening to him because after him, it's just going to keep rolling down the line. Well, that's you know, the the, no, the clarion no. call that was sounded 
by uh, Lindsey Graham last week. And I thought Lindsey Graham's statement that was a warning to Democrats should have been a warning to both sides because this is nothing but the the policy of payback, which is what we used to see in the House and now we're seeing it in the Senate. And the Senate was always supposed to be the cooling saucer, as you know, you've heard that expression before. But this right. this gets me really ticked off because do you did Buck explain my theory? I think I ran it by him. I don't know if he shared it with you. I believe all of this, all of this bad behavior is blamed squarely on Harry Reid. And I, I don't know if anybody brought that up, Wade, but follow me on this. Harry Reid. I didn't hear that from Buck, but I, I do listen regular. But okay. okay. No. All right. Harry Reid made the move to get rid of the filibuster in the Senate to, to get right. it so... You didn't have 60 votes. And now here's where it became a problem. Reed removed that that uh, hindrance to getting a judge through or getting anything done in the Senate without 60 votes. And then it was weaponized by Mitch McConnell a couple years later. But see, yeah. if, if you have a filibuster, and I know a lot of my friends are going to say, Mike, you're, you're wrong on this. If you have a filibuster... You're going to have candidates nominated who have to have an automatic appeal across the aisle. Now, to people who just want a conservative court or a liberal court, that doesn't make sense. They say, no, no, no. You know, elections have consequences. You should have all the power you want. Well, this is where we end up. We, we end up with this situation where now we are tearing each other apart and we are tearing apart a really good man. And I and would any, be someone any who any would say, blood, any go new ahead. Blood couldn't last. You know, anybody so, new coming in wouldn't last through that process no matter what. You know, well, and, and we need new blood in there. You know? Yeah, we need new blood. That's another reason for term limits, which would be yeah. <laughs> another key. All right. Thank you, Wade, for Thank joining you. the conversation. Uh, I got another Thank what uh, I want. Maybe one of Wade's neighbors, Hugh in Jackson, Mississippi, is also checking in. Hugh, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. You had a scary movie nomination? Yes, The Legend of the Boggy Creek Monster. Now, I I have not seen it. I've seen posters. Is that an older movie? Yes, it would probably be close to celebrating its 50-year anniversary as well. Probably right at 40, 47, 48 years. The Legend of the Boggy Creek Monster. And I imagine not a lot of special effects, just a lot of fog. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. A boy who moved to the country right after, right when it was, uh, his parents took him to the drive-in to see it. Um, that was enough to, to swear me off of scary movies for my life. <laughs> the Legend, you're the first nominee for The Legend of the Boggy Creek Monster. All right, Hugh, thank you so much for joining the Buck Sexton Show. And I guess a neighbor is calling in. Sean is somewhere in the tiny state of Delaware where I am ensconced. Sean, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Hey, what do you say there, Mikey? Uh, Shield High from the first state. Uh, yeah, uh, the scariest movie I'm going to go with, probably because I was really high at the time when I watched it, was John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Now, it wasn't exactly scary, as more suspenseful as John Carpenter gets with uh, with his music, 
And it just, it always freaked me out because it had to do with the Catholic Church and the devil. And, yeah, it was just, it was a really good movie. It had Donald Pleasant, uh, the blonde guy from Simon and Simon, not Gerald McCraney, the other guy, and uh, Egg Chen, the little Chinese guy who played a professor. Well, Donald Donald Pleasance is is in so many great unknown kind of B movies. So I'm I'm gonna have to check that one out now. On my notes on the screener here, it says Chris Coons. You're not saying Chris yeah. Coons is scary, are you? He's our one of our senators here in Delaware. Yes, I know. Unfortunately, the formerly bald bearded communist is. Uh, I don't know. I just you know he. The Kavanaugh thing, it's advising consent. He's fine. You know, we're going to go through the FBI process. But, you know, come on, Chris. Either vote for him or don't vote for him. Don't play patty cakes in a phone booth with Jeff Flake. You know, let's, let's get it done. Let's get the business of this country moving. Well, um, I'm kind of disgusted by him, and I'm definitely going to vote for Arnett uh, in November. Arnett is a, a, a guy trying to get elected here against uh, Carper because Coons isn't up this yeah. year. But uh, we only have three counties in Delaware. The state is so small. We did three counties. What county are you in? Uh, I'm actually from Newcastle. Uh, I live in Bear. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I'm definitely, and I definitely know where you are because you're up north in the woods. Yes, that's right. I'm in the... Uh, I'm in the socialist communist enclave of Arden, where I, I, I think my wife and I are the only two capitalists in town. <laughs> gotcha. Hey, I do have to say one more comment. Uh, I used to listen to you when you were on ONA, and I have to say this. Right now, I really wish Patrice O'Neill was still alive, because I would love oh. to hear Patrice's take on all of this. Uh, Sean is bringing up uh, the name of a, a dear old friend of ours named Patrice O'Neill, who passed away, I believe it's, gosh, four years ago now. He is uh, one of the lost voices of comedy and uh, could really turn a phrase. So if you're curious about Patrice O'Neill, it's not for the weak stomach in people, but uh, Patrice had unique clarity. And uh, I remember being at, uh, at Opie's wedding. When we, Patrice and my wife and his other half spent hours just laughing and talking. He is, you're right, he's a missed voice in this world. And sometimes that laughter brings sanity. Thank you, Sean. Have a great rest of your evening and uh, God bless. Do I have time, John, to take another call here? Okay, if you make it quick. I love it when he yells at me like that. All right, let's check in with Roswell, New Mexico, a place I have not been but am dying to go. Jeremy, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Yeah, it's uh, a alien world out here for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I felt like there were a bunch of aliens landed in D.C. when I was there last week, sitting through the protests and the hearing uh, uh, over all this craziness in Kavanaugh. What's your scary movie out there in uh, Alien Land? What you should really do is talk to the ICE agents when they have to deal with the aliens waiting for the mothership to come back and pick them up. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> I guess that's um, Roswell humor. <laughs> so seriously, Jeremy, what is the scariest movie in your world? Uh, when I was younger, I just turned 40 this last weekend, and this movie still gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's not scary anymore, but Watership Down. 
That movie oh. with rabbits fighting each other, getting attacked by dogs, getting suffocated in holes. You're just like, when you're a little kid, you're like, okay. <laughs> I, I understand what you're talking about. It's not one that scares me, but I get it. I get it. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. Look out. The skies are filled with all kinds of strange creatures in Area 51. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Tim in Ohio, I want to talk to you about scary, your scary movie and Judge Kavanaugh. And I have a proclamation. I came to the realization about something about network television, especially the news programs, the cable news. We'll dig into that next on the Buck Sexton Show. Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton tonight on the Buck Sexton Show. I was watching uh, Mitch McConnell, the leader in the Senate this afternoon, and he echoed my feelings exactly when he said... If you listen carefully, Mr. President, you can practically hear the sounds of the Democrats moving the goalposts. That's what's going on in the Kavanaugh investigation. We'll dive into that. i got to talk to a couple of you about the uh, the Kavanaugh moving the goalposts and the Democrats saying they want to move the goalposts. But first, I need to remind you of something really important. And if you've just bought a home or if you are a homeowner, this is key. The FBI calls home title theft one of the fastest growing crimes. So, so brace yourself because having your credit card stolen, nothing compared to the hell you will go through once an identity theft takes over your home's title, it's really a mess. Everything's online these days. Your home's title, domestic and international thieves will hunt for American homeowners because we have equity and they use our equity to borrow money. They take your home's title, they replace your name with their name or an alias, then they borrow every penny they can using that equity and they stick you with the payments and you don't know about it until you start getting late payment notices, which starts banging your credit. Identity theft programs and insurance policies do not protect you. Only Home Title Lock safeguards your home's title from cyber thieves and hackers. Home Title Lock forms a virtual perimeter around your home's title, and the instant someone tampers with it, they're on it, shut it down. So pennies a day, Home Title Lock protects my most valuable asset, my family's home. Register now for a free analysis. Discover if your home's title has been compromised. That's a $100 value, and it's free. Visit HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. Really important to be smart, because talk about what a nightmare that would be. And speaking of scary things, we've been uh, talking about the Kavanaugh hearings, and we've been talking about the scariest movies out there because uh, the Night of the Living Dead, my favorite scary movie, opened 50 years ago today. Tim's in Ohio. Tim, you had a nominee for the scary movie and a thought about Kavanaugh? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, first of the scary movie. I'll tell you what, uh, Night of the Living Dead original is, um, you know, right up there around number one with me, not quite number one. But, you know, it was low budget, and the way they filmed it was, like, third person, very realistic. Uh, my number one is original Texas Chainsaw, because in the same way, it was low budget. Uh, the actors are very realistic. If you've ever seen the side video they had with the real actors, they're, they're way off the wall. 
But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, it was it was also third person, like you were standing back there, but it was more horrific than a bunch of, uh, you know, kind of slow, bebop and dimwit zombies, if you will. Yeah. But uh, on the other hand, and uh, i got to tie this in with the guy from Roswell, um, probably my number one movie overall ever, and that includes everything, not so much horror, but is the original War of the Worlds. I'll tell you what, that's you learn a lot of lessons from that movie, and it, it had the best cinematography, got a lot of awards for that. Yeah, and, uh, that's, that's, a a good, that's a good movie. That's a great movie, and... And uh, made because Wells had that uh, the the genius. Now I got less than a minute. So what's your Kavanaugh comment? Okay, Kavanaugh thing. I'm telling you right now. Everybody's saying, "Oh, she was so believable." Oh, we believe her. Come on, she was a post grad prof at Stanford for CIA. Okay, she's no dummy. She sat there with that little baby talk voice. This was this whole thing was a setup. And her brother, of course, as you know was in with the same people who started Fusion GPS. Okay, this is, her two lawyers both worked for Clintons. Okay, and this last guy was under McCabe, the the guy with the beard. He worked for McCabe's legal team. So, you know, this whole thing, I don't find her believable at all. I think the whole thing, especially little baby talk, was all a get-up. Okay, well, we'll keep it alive. We'll keep this topic alive, and we'll keep the scary movies alive. Coming up next on the Buck Sexton Show. Buck Sexton. Permission. Decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America. Ready. Great. You're a great American. Again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. Well, it's not Buck. It's Monday, October 1st. Mike Opelka, the Godfather, sitting in for my friend Buck Sexton, who I I got to see in D.C. last week. We were like two ships passing in the night at the Trump Hotel, of all places. I was there to cover the uh, Kavanaugh hearing and the Professor Ford testimony and some of the protests and also had a meeting with... uh, a guy I think is one of the rising stars in in libertarianism and conservatism, uh, Representative Thomas Massey. If you don't know Sassy with Massey, follow him on Twitter. And follow me on Twitter, at StuntBrain is my Twitter handle. We are trying to cover the news of the day. We're trying to look at what happened with the NAFTA deal that the president substantially changed. It's no mas NAFTA. It is now U.S., uh, Mexico, and Canada, or USA MC. And I was trying to think of some way to make it like a YMCA parody. You know, it's fun to trade at the USMCA. It doesn't work. I'll stop there. But the good news that Donald Trump showed everybody once again When he makes a campaign promise, he does everything he can to try and make it come to fruition. And this deal that was struck between Canada, which follows up on the deal that the president made with Mexico a few weeks ago, I think this is huge. 
not to take a Trumpian expression away from the president. I'm sure he'll talk about it at the rally tonight. So we'll talk about that. We'll get into Kavanaugh a little bit more. And I said I had a realization about uh, something I need to hang on the cable news networks, not Fox, but the cable news networks and other network news, the mainstream media. And then we're also asking the question, the uh, kind of unimportant but important question of the night. What is the scariest movie ever? I bring this up because today's the anniversary, 50 years ago today. The late George Romero's Night of the Living Dead debuted, and it is my number one scary movie of all time, followed by The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. So I want to know your picks. A lot of votes for uh, The Shining, The Exorcist, and a couple of uh, funky ones like The Hills Have Eyes and the some foggy something monster. Uh, 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-BUCK. I'll get back to Kavanaugh, but... A couple of you have been patiently hanging on, like Rich in New Jersey. Rich, welcome to the Buck Sexton program. Rich, are you still with us? Maybe he wasn't patiently hanging on. Yes. Okay, good. Welcome, sir. Uh, you had a scariest movie of all time nominee? Well, I, I agree with those. The Legend of Boggy Creek. I was a kid. I live in North Jersey where it's heavily wooded, and I walked to school in a on a dark uh, wooded trail, and that terrified me. But uh, my neighbor, he just mentioned Jaws is his scariest. And uh, I agree, Night of Living Dead, same thing. But something newer that was terrifying is uh, Jeepers Creepers and just the the hopelessness of it and unable to stop. I don't know that Jeepers Creepers. How long ago did that come out? I think it was maybe in the 90s. They had a Jeepers Creepers 2, but the first one, it was, uh, you know, it had to do with the song. Uh, you'd really have to see the movie to explain it, but it was, uh, you know, you, as an adult, like Boggy Creek, that scares you as a child. But, yeah. Uh, this one, there was no stopping it. The police couldn't stop it. It was, you know, it was creepy. Okay. I, I put it on my list. I'm going to look up Jeepers Creepers because I'm oh, yeah. I'm one of those people who enjoys a good scary movie. It drives my wife nuts. She's like, what are you doing? Why do you want to be scared? I said, honey, it's it's part of feeling alive. And she goes, okay, all right. Now, Rich, uh, you said you're up in the northern Jersey. You're kind of in a mixed area. There are some conservatives in that part of the state, and there are some, a whole bunch of blue people. Do you well, think— I'm in Sussex County. It's oh, okay. Last conservative stronghold. We're just south of the border of New York, Cuomo land. And, you know, we're the minority in the state. Well, I hear Bob Menendez is in trouble. I hear the senator from New Jersey who's up for reelection is having a tough time. Do you think there's a chance he could lose that seat? Um, so I'm hoping he does. I mean, all the controversy with him, and, you know, it's kind of obvious, you know, with that uh, Medicare fraud with his buddies, and, you know, we have enough uh, corruption. I'd like to yeah. see something, some fair, decent people in office that aren't just about greed. Well, I think the hardest thing about uh, politics today is any good person is scared off by what we've seen with 
with uh, Brett Kavanaugh and how they have taken a good man and ripped him apart over uh, baseless yeah. allegations from three and a half decades ago. So why would anyone want to even go through this, as Lindsey Graham said? doesn't make no, any sense. Me, show me any teenage or young guy, college guys. It's very normal, you know, to be attracted to a girl. Maybe they misconstrued the drinking, playing around. I mean, that's more more normal than, say, like, you know, rumors about Melendez and people like that uh, going on private aircraft and uh, with children and things like that. Whether it's true or not, you know, we'll probably never know. We will never know. But let's just hope Judge Kavanaugh gets uh, uh, approved and, and passed through to the Supreme Court. Thank you, Rich, in New Jersey. Appreciate you. Quick check in in Memphis, Tennessee with Randy. Randy, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. How are you? Hey, good. So, uh, Randy, you're a guy who says, I got a scary movie. Is it scarier than Night of the Living Dead? I've got a couple. Uh, One is just because I saw it when I was probably four or five years old. Premature Burial. Ray Moland. Probably nobody's heard of that one. Well, Ray Moland, for those that don't know, was one of the greatest actors in America. And at the end of his career, he made a lot of B-movies, including uh, one with Rosie Greer, a retired football player, where Ray Moland's head got transplanted onto Roosevelt Greer's body. And it's one of the cheesiest horror films you'll ever see. If you if you haven't seen it, you I'll look up Premature Burial, but you look up, I think it's called The Thing with Two Heads. And it's Roosevelt Greer and Ray Moland. And Ray Moland also made a movie called The Man with the X-Ray Eyes which was another cheesy horror film. So uh, I, I think you would enjoy it. <laughs> uh, that one was only on my list because I saw it as a child, but I guess my real one is Phantasm. Phantasm's um, a good one. 79. Yeah, it's one where they started to have a little more special effects involved in movies, but I, I still go for the the kind of raw, naked fear that we saw in uh, Night of the Living Dead. But that's yeah, what that's makes definitely it definitely in my top five. <laughs> well, good, good. Well, I appreciate you joining the conversation. Thanks for listening to Buck, and and let's hold forth. We've got uh, just what was it six weeks left before the midterms. We have work to do. We have to make sure everybody we know gets out and votes. Uh, checking in, I have time, I guess, to check in with John in Delaware. Has a thought about a scary movie and Chuck Schumer. John, welcome to the program. Hey, Mike, welcome back to Delaware. You always seem to be in Delaware when I'm listening to you. How do you like that? Well, I live in Delaware. Oh, do you? Oh, okay, great, man. Okay, cool. Anywhere near Dover? Where are you at? Northern Delaware? Uh, yeah. Yeah, up in the Newcastle County. And I mentioned Newcastle. it earlier. Uh, I enjoy time on the Delaware Bay when I can. But, yeah, my wife and I have lived in Delaware in this you live in lower slower Delaware where people have their brains and they're still conservatives I'm up in the blue part of the state <laughs> it's blue there but once you get down into the Rehoboth area it starts turning a little bit blue again yeah it Rehoboth is a little too close for people that don't know welcome to Delaware beach talk 
Uh, Rehoboth, <laughs> Delaware is a little too close to Maryland, and it gets it suffers from some of that Maryland uh, liberalism. You got that right, man. Well, I wanted to say that, that that my top scary movie of all time, personally, I would have to go with The Shining with Jack Nicholson. Yeah, there's a lot. The Shining is currently leading in all voting, and it's uh, it's a great movie. I'm an hour behind you guys. I, I just now started the show, believe it or not. I'm on the AM radio, and, and the Buck Sexton show just started about 10 minutes ago where I'm at. Oh, cool. Well, in, in yeah, the first hour, hour back on you guys, so I'm just now catching. I thought the show just started, man. No, the first hour, The Shining was the leading vote getter, despite my constant lobbying to have Night of the Living Dead get the props that it deserves from 50 years of scaring the heck out of people. But The Shining is classic. It, it, well, The Shining is such a very well-directed movie. And uh, my only complaint with The Shining, we thought that Nicholson's character was weird from the very beginning. And I think in okay, order fine. to have a real tragic character shift, you have to like the guy first. He was weird from... No, he did, actually. He came off as a little bit scarier, maybe a little bit psychologically unstable in a sense. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. So here, here we are on a great political talk show. We're analyzing scary movies. But uh, uh, John, John, what do you want to say about Chuck Schumer? Because I'm no fan of Schumer. He was my senator for 20 plus years. I just wanted to say that I have an absolute hatred for the guy. And he's got a huge big mouth. And he always seems to be rubbing the salt in the wound. What he said today about uh, the judge there, he said that he was a... Uh, you know, deeply, deeply partisan and this and that. And he has, this guy doesn't know this judge from a can of paint. Chuck Schumer's got a big mouth. And if we don't get out and we don't vote and we don't, you know, get out there for the midterms and make things right and keep things the way they are, if not better, Schumer's going to be the big boss hog up there. And we're going to have to hear his mouth for the next God only knows how long. And I can't stand it. Well, the only thing worse than Schumer would be Schumer and Pelosi. So these oh are two. My, that's another one, Mike. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. These are two very scary realities, people. And we have to make sure that you take someone to the polls because the Democrats are mobilizing in ways that you have no idea. And despite the fact that the Kavanaugh hearings. And the obvious, uh, the, the way this was organized to destroy 100%. this man and scuttle this nomination, it is disgusting. I'll get into some of that. I still didn't get to my network proclamation, my, my liberal network proclamation. I will get to it, I promise. Plus, I want to hear from you guys on your scariest movies. Uh, just around the corner in a little bit, uh, Dr. Gorka is joining us. Sebastian Gorka will be joining us to talk about the news of the day and his new book. You can join the conversation, 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-BUCK. It is The Buck Sexton Show. Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton on The Buck Sexton Show. I just was listening to some of the clips from the president's press conference today. And I think this... I'm not going to get into the battle he had with the press, trying to tell him, hey, we want to talk about trade before we talk about Kavanaugh. But I want to get into this moment. Oh, I, I think the press has treated me unbelievably unfairly. 
fact, when I won, I said, the good thing is now the press finally gets it. Now they'll finally treat me fairly. They got worse. They're worse now than ever. They're loco, but that's okay. I put up with it. Go ahead. Uh, I use that word because of the fact that we made a deal with Mexico. I love the fact that the president went back in and made sure that he didn't give the press any reason to mock him for using the word loco, calling them loco. It was just wonderful. It was a good press conference. Pardon me. Uh, But we were talking about the Kavanaugh confirmation. We're talking about the deal we made with Canada and Mexico now to make trade more fair. It's not perfect, but it's certainly uh, a damn sight better than what NAFTA was. So that's gone now. Another campaign promise checked. Let's just hope Congress will approve the deal. I think they will. And uh, I've been asking the question, what is the scariest movie of all time? Because Night of the Living Dead was released on this date 50 years ago. Kenny in Boston, another favorite town of mine, despite your sports franchises. I do love Boston and the people. Kenny, what is the, the scariest movie of all time? I have two. I have The Exorcist or a tie with Poltergeist. Oh, now constructed because the best constructed movie is Psycho. Yeah, well, Hitch, it's hard to beat Hitchcock. And if you've read any of the books on how he made movies, it was just remarkable the way the guy put a story together and storyboarded everything. And Psycho was a a very scary movie Uh, now and when it first came out. But I, I have to give you props. Those are two good picks. Uh, Poltergeist, I kind of loses a little shine for me over the years because special effects are so different. But when you heard they're here, it got very scary. Now you had something to say on Kavanaugh as well. Yes, I did. In regards to this FBI investigation that's up pending, or is it's already active? Surprised they didn't ask for a special counsel. But in any case. The uh, Democrats produced a, a list of 25 names, and what does the FBI usually do? They're going to put these people into perjury traps, I suspect, and also in process crimes and unrelated things. And I think this is just another way to tie, uh, to tie it up to extend it even longer. But it's going to kind of scare Kavanaugh for his friends are going to start going away. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's yeah, well, I, I think it's been disgusting what they've done him anyway, what they've done to Kavanaugh, what the Democrats set out to do. And now that we saw all the connections between all of the nefarious groups behind Democrats and the ties to Professor Ford, who uh, works at a university where Dianne Feinstein's husband has been on the board of regents for years and years and years. So it's a, it's all messy and ugly. Thank you, Kenny, for chiming in. I got to check in with CJ in Detroit, a city that was once the shining city on the hill for the entire world. And then Democrats got a hold of it. And 60 years later, it's in the toilet. Uh, CJ, yeah, welcome to the program, you. sir. Well, thank you. Um, couple of things. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Judge Kavanaugh, but also I want to tell you, I think The Shining is probably one of the scariest movies, and, and I actually had the pleasure of having dinner at the Timberline Lodge in April this year where they filmed that movie. Wow. Okay, you've got 45 seconds to tell me your uh, FBI investigation on Kavanaugh story. 
Well, I'm just concerned that the Democrats are insisting we have an FBI investigation on something they don't normally investigate. And my concern is how many holdovers like are still there they are going to be running this investigation? Well, here's my take on it. I think the FBI investigation, it's fine. But the Democrats are going to say every single person who raises their hand must be investigated. And they, we must get a week for every person. So now you have 25 weeks. And this is all about what Senator Hirono of Hawaii wanted. She wants that seat open until 2020 because they still think they can retake the White House and then have a Democrat packing the court. It's just ugly. Sebastian Gorka joins us just around the corner on the Buck Sexton Show. Come on back. Do you have opinions that you feel like you can't express? I think we all do. Are you looking for a place to stir up some conversations? Let your thoughts and your opinions be heard. I want to introduce you to an alternative social media site, Snippy.com. Snippy is an unbiased social media platform that's all about conversation and community. Snippy not only encourages freedom of expression, but guarantees its users the ability to discuss topics freely without any suppression from administrators. Check in for a quick update about current events or spend hours scrolling through users' posts. Write your thoughts and strike up conversations. Snippy's founders have intentionally created a forum where anyone can feel free to express their thoughts, frustrations, ideas, anything really. It's a place where discussion is valued, a place where your opinion matters, and it's totally free. Go to snippy.com now to express yourself. No shadow banning, no character limit, no suppression of conservative thought ever. Check out the website at snippy.com or download the app. No censorship, no agenda. Join snippy.com to get the discussion rolling. He's back with you now, because when it comes to the fight for truth, the buck never stops. Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton, and I am fighting for truth. I'm one of the biggest defenders of the First Amendment you will ever find in your life. I'm, I am staunchly for all kinds of free speech raised by a guy who uh, told us that after the First Amendment, everything else came second. And I uh, was vamping a little bit because we were waiting to make contact with uh, Sebastian Gorka, Dr. Gorka, I believe I might be at an event this evening. Let's check in. Dr. Gorka, welcome back to the Buck Sexton Show. Dr. Gorka? Yes. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Are you are you with the president this evening? Um, why are you asking, my friend? Uh, no, I know there's a rally happening tonight. I just didn't know if you were there because my uh, producer said there was some noise in the background. No, I'm I'm at another fundraiser tonight. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I'm just curious. No, no nefarious uh, intention behind any of my questions. <laughs> but uh, I I'm really thrilled you're here. I I think we crossed paths on Thursday when I was bouncing around D.C. covering the uh, judiciary hearings, the protests, and some other book events that were happening down at the Trump Hotel. But uh, I, I specifically wanted to pick your brain about uh, whether or not you think we're going to get through this Kavanaugh hearing before I die and uh, talk about your new book. So those are my two topics. You can opine on whichever hits your fancy first. 
with regards to this uh, travesty of a Senate uh, confirmation process, uh, the Democrats will use whatever weapon they uh, they can find to continue to try and destroy this good man. Uh, we have the Friday deadline for the FBI investigation. The president is still fully behind Brett, but you know the Democrats are planning their next tactic, their next uh, tissue of lies. So uh, we have to trust in the good Lord. We have to take the example this amazing man has given us this upstanding uh, federal judge, and uh, also trust that the president will uh, work his usual magic. But uh, it's, it's dangerous times. It's dangerous times, my friend. I think you're 100% right, but I have faith, full faith in Donald Trump as the deal maker. What we watched over the last month between Mexico and Canada come to fruition today when everybody said, on the left said he's never going to get a new deal to replace NAFTA. And then we have it. Now we have Congress that has to go through with it. So I have faith in his deal making ability. So I'm, I'm hopeful that this will get through and we'll have a justice Kavanaugh within a week, hopefully. Now, also within a week, a week from tomorrow, your new book hits. Why we fight defeating America's enemies. I imagine you're a little excited about this. I am very excited. Uh, the first book, Defeating Jihad, uh, became a New York Times bestseller. This one, uh, hopefully with a, a broader remit that talks about all the threats we face, not just ISIS, but deals with Russia, deals with China, will be uh, popular as well. And uh, what I've done here differently is, in addition to the strategic analysis and uh, the story of how I wound up in the White House working for Donald Trump. I've added full vignettes of great American heroes going right back to the Barbary Wars. Captain Decatur, who actually fought the jihadis off the shores of Tripoli 200 years ago. Then I go through an amazing hero from uh, Korea, Chesty Puller, then Vietnam, a naval captain who spent six and a half years as a prisoner of war in the Hanoi Hilton. And then lastly, because most millennials have never even heard of him, uh, I talk about Whitaker Chambers, a man who may not have worn a, a uniform, but was a true hero of the nation uh, when you think of the Al Jahis hearings. And, and the timing, unfortunately, couldn't be better because what they're doing to Judge Kavanaugh right now is very similar to what the left uh, tried to do to Whitaker Chambers, to destroy a man, uh, charge him with completely false allegations. So... Why We Fight comes out uh, a week tomorrow and unfortunately is is more timely than ever, my friend. Well, uh, I'm glad you brought up Whitaker Chambers, a guy that, like you said, no millennial has heard of Whitaker Chambers, a guy who dared dared to point out communism and spying and became uh, uh, respected by the American conservative movement in the 50s. So I, I'm, I can't wait to get this one. You've really piqued my interest. I'm surprised. Uh, that, one, that one took me by surprise, Dr. Gorka. So I'm thrilled for you on that one. Uh, and these are examples that kids aren't getting in schools. They're not getting any real history or civics. So thank you for that. Now, are you um, one more quick question? Because I know you're at a fundraiser. Uh, Iran launched missiles today that said death to America, death to Israel, death to basically the House of Saud. Are we not paying enough attention to what the heck is going on in the Middle East? 
It, dep- it depends who you mean by we. The, the president definitely is. John Bolton, his national security advisor, is. Uh, General Mattis definitely is. So uh, Mike Pompeo at the State Department, you know, is definitely paying enough attention. But as to the uh, average American, and especially as to our, our so-called European uh, friends and allies, no, definitely, definitely not. And, you know, when it comes to these missiles, when it comes to what's painted on the nose cone, uh, I, I always like to quote a survivor of the Holocaust, uh, a man, a Jewish man who saw his whole family die in the labor camps and in, in the death camps. And his comments are just as uh, at the site today as they were in the 1950s. One uh, ridiculously facile journalist once asked a survivor of the death camps, so what, 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 what lesson do you take home after... Hitler's, uh, you know, attempt to exterminate all the Jews. And he said, oh, that's very easy. When a group of people repeatedly says they wish to destroy you, sooner or later, you should take them seriously. And that's why Donald J. Trump and his team is taking the threat of Iran very, very seriously, because every Friday, they chant death to America. Well... I'm glad people like you have the uh, attention of the president and you're uh, where you are, Dr. Gorka. A week from tomorrow, why we fight defeating America's enemies with no apologies from Sebastian Gorka. Thank you, my friend. Have a great evening. Uh, You're very welcome. And uh, actually, you can uh, you can order it right now at Amazon.com. God bless you and the listeners. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And there he goes. A guy that uh, really gets it. And I love the fact that he's looking at history. History is so important to us. If we don't pay attention to history, obviously the old saying, we will uh, be doomed to repeat it. And that's also why I brought up the fact that today, today is the 50th anniversary of the scariest movie I've ever seen. That is Night of the Living Dead. And I asked you, the happy listeners, please tell me, what's the scariest movie you've seen? David in Pennsylvania, called in on the Buck Sexton Show. David, if you're there, what is your scary movie, sir? Well, actually, uh, I was thinking I may be writing it in the future. I'm, uh, it's based on a true story uh, that my wife and I went through uh, over the last our last few years of marriage together. And uh, our, uh, my wife and I, I'd have to say, we had, uh, there's no married couple in history had a better marriage than we did. And just a few years back, my wife had been developing some Alzheimer's issues, and the local government, uh, the system, took advantage of her Alzheimer's condition to steal her away from me. For the next two years, they tried to break up our marriage. They uh, prevented me from sitting alone with her by her deathbed for well, what they said was her deathbed. She was also totally misdiagnosed. It's a long, unbelievable story. It finally ended up two years after it started with her actually being murdered in a nursing home. Oh, my God. Yes, and uh, and I'm still praying to God to send me the right legal counsel to uh, sue the appropriate individuals and parties involved in this whole thing to get some justice for the two of us. You wouldn't believe the details, but I haven't. Uh, the, the statute of limitations on this thing expires like in January for me to actually sue somebody. And, uh, well, I figure if worse comes to worse, maybe I'll just end up writing a book. I, I know the title. I think I'll make the title A True American Horror Story. Wow. 
Honestly. Well, David, uh, there can be no words from uh, a radio host uh, other than uh, God bless you and your wife, and I hope you get relief and satisfaction, and uh, I'm sorry that you had to go through this, and I hope it gets better. Thank you, David. Let's yeah, check you. Check in with uh, Frank in Wisconsin. Frank, thanks for holding on for the Buck Sexton Show. What is the scariest movie ever? Uh, Network. Network? You mean you mean the Patty Chayefsky classic with Peter Finch screaming, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore? Problem is that as the years go on, I watch this movie, this thing comes closer to reality. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. And if you haven't seen it, uh, Patty Chayefsky was the guy that wrote Network. Peter Finch, uh, I think he got the Oscar posthumously after he, he, uh, he played the brilliant leading role. Uh, And it did kind of show us the same way that some people use 1984 as a as an operating manual. uh, It meant to be a warning to all of us that big government could take control of everything. But big news could take control. That's a really interesting turn here. And, you know, Frank, you've led me to something I've been teasing for much of the night tonight. I was watching the Sunday news shows. And MSNBC, yeah, I know. I watch MSNBC, so you don't have to. MSNBC has has a show with a woman named Joy. uh, What's her name? Uh, She's an anchor. It just dropped out of my head. I'm having Newsheimers, as they say. But but this woman, Frank, hang with me, had a had a illegal alien on the show talking about what his definition of citizenship is. Here's a guy who's in the country illegally, who's working here illegally, who said that he doesn't believe citizenship is something the country can decide. He believes that his participation in the economy it gives him or confers citizenship upon him. So here is MSNBC, a part of NBC, a gigantic network, putting forward their theory on what citizenship is, and they're out there giving press to illegals who are here illegally breaking the law. And so I'm going to declare networks like CNN and MSNBC and anyone else who puts forth this kind of agenda, you are now sanctuary networks. You are people who don't believe in the laws of the land that you operate. You're perfectly willing to take advantage of all the economic benefits, but you want to write your own rules. Well, I'm sorry, you are now officially MSNBC and CNN. You are sanctuary networks. We'll get into this a little bit more. Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton. You got a scary movie you want to share it with me? 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825. Come on back. Michael Palka here for Buck Sexton tonight. Buck will be back tomorrow filling in for my buddy Buck Sexton and uh, having a good time. I love this audience. You guys are always so active. You're you're always so involved, and that 
really makes it worthwhile. So I'm glad you're here. We have a question of the night that's jumping around there. It It's uh, not political, but people are getting into the politics. It's what's the scariest movie you've ever, ever seen? We are honoring Night of the Living Dead, which came out 50 years ago tonight. Steve in Florida wanted to weigh in on this. Steve, what part of the Sunshine State are you hanging in? Um, Central North Florida. Central North Florida. So right in the middle there, the Orlando area, or are you a little... Oh, no, no, no. No. I'm even, I'm even with Jacksonville. Oh, okay. I mean, Even with Jacksonville, right I got I got people in Palm Coast over on the uh, the ocean side of things. So, I yeah. like I like Northern Florida. I like a lot of folks from Northern Florida. What's a scary movie for you, Steve? Um, saw it back in the seventy late seventies. It was called Altered States. Now, I, was that William Hurd? I I couldn't remember that. I'm sorry. Okay, this was this one where he got into like the sensory deprivation tank and then everything exactly. changed. Yeah, yeah, that was a scary one. Yeah, there's another one I can't remember the name of it, but I remember it was a it was a guy that took a spacewalk and then NASA cut the the feed, and when he returned to Earth, he was uh, breathing heavy and uh, very scary. He burned up a little bit in the reentry and. I just can't remember the name of that, but I saw that when I was nine or ten, and they kept me up. Okay. Well, I have no idea what that movie is, Steve, but I appreciate you for weighing in for Altered States was a good one. I remember that one. That was a scary movie, not a monster movie or anything, but a good one. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for jumping in. Don in Mobile, Alabama. A lot of Mobile action tonight, a lot of Mississippi action tonight, too. So hello, Alabama. Don, what yes, is sir. your How scary you movie? Shield tie. Shields high, sir. Testudo. Movie. Yes, sir. My my uh, scary movie was The Ten Commandments. Now, why is The uh, Ten Commandments scary to you? Well, it's a reality check. Honestly, it's our nation uh, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And we're not there anymore. We've got to change this. Thank you for taking my call. It, Don, uh, thank you. You sound like you're nervous for our republic. I am. I'm scared uh, for the republic, but I'm also very confident that uh, President Trump is going to change things. we just got to give him time to do it. Okay, I, I agree with you, Don. Hang on there. Hang on there. Today's a, a, a very important day, Don. I appreciate you. Uh, boy. That's a that's a tough one. And, you know, a lot of this goes on because social media is messed up. A lot of people feel like uh, we as conservatives are getting shut down in social media. I'm telling you, that's true. We have the honor and privilege of being able to express our thoughts on radio uh, every day. And my opinion matters. Your opinion matters. And that's why we here at the Buck Sexton Show are thrilled to tell you about a new social media site snippy.com if you're frustrated with the discourse on your social media pages looking for an alternative take on conventional conversation snippy is it the founders created a forum where people can feel free to express their thoughts frustrations ideas anything really 
It's on snippy.com. You can write about what's on your mind, upload photos, strike up a conversation about anything. And there are searchable categories. And check out what's trending. See the news feed. Follow your favorite writers like Buck Sexton, Michael Pelka. Enjoy the freedom of expression without suppression from administrators. It's snippy. Snippy Snippy.com. Download the app and let's get the discussion rolling. Snippy.com. Free to join and open to all. Did I mention it's snippy.com? Yeah. Go get it. I just did. You'll thank us. All right, we'll be back one more hour in the Buck Sexton Show. Let's go. Buck Sexton. Permission. Decoding the news and disseminating information with actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America. Great. You're a great American. Again. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. Buck Sexton. It is Buck Sexton. Now. It's Mike Opelka sitting in for my friend Buck Sexton. One more hour to go, and it's Monday night. Buck will be back tomorrow filling in for my friend on a show that uh, I have a, a very warm spot in my heart for this audience. And if you were here before we left in the last hour, you may have heard the call from the gentleman who said he was worried for his country. He was, I, I heard the nervousness in his voice. And he talked about how he was genuinely concerned for our republic and we as a people. And I'm a geek who likes to look back in history and see what happened on this day back in the day. And yeah, we talked about the fact that 50 years ago today, Night of the Living Dead debuted. And that triggered me asking the question, to this audience, which has been so responsive. What's the scariest movie ever? But I also look back on this day in 1957. So 61 years ago today, in 1957, the United States of America made, in God We Trust, an official part of our currency. Before 1957, before October 1st, In God We Trust was uh, occasionally on a coin here and there. But as of this day, in 1957, we put those words on the currency as a giant in your face to the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union and the United States were engaged in a very, very tense back and forth. The Cold War. We weren't fighting each other on a battlefield, but we were fighting each other in the global communities, trying to show which one was right. And the God-fearing nation of America ultimately won that Cold War. Now Russia's back, still without the Soviet Union, although Putin wants to get the band back together, if you will. But the Soviet Union was an atheist union of Soviet socialist republics. And we as a nation made a choice to say, in God we trust. And I wish we would make a commitment back to that, a personal opinion. But I just thought it was important for that gentleman who was nervous about the future of our republic. We've had times in the past where people got nervous for the future of this country. And it's good people who stand up and say, no, there's something here that's worth fighting for. And I hope, I hope, sir, you will take comfort in that. 
61 years ago today, we pledged, and that's still, last time I checked, it's still on the money. I'm sure there's a lot of people who'd like it removed, but we're not doing that. So just wanted to share that with you. Now, the phone line's been burning up, and Jody called from Utah to talk about my crazy topic of the day. Jody, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Hey, stunt brain. Miss you like a front tooth. Oh, thank you. You're very nice. I love this audience because you guys remember all the craziness <laughs> from my uh, oh. previous days. You have a scary movie you wanted to share with us? Yes. It's um, called Shadow of a Doubt, 1939 Alfred Hitchcock movie. Joseph Cotton plays the bad guy in it, which he very rarely ever did. He was always the good guy. And Teresa Wright is the leading lady. It is. It was made just before World War II, so you had all of that fun and excitement. Maybe those aren't the right words. Um, as, as part of the background in making this, and it, it's pretty scary, but um, I've never seen Dawn of the Dead. I've never seen any of that, but I was... A few weeks old when that came out, and my mother went and saw it, and it scared the living hell out of her. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, you mean, or the Joseph yes. Cotton, or the uh, what was the movie you talked about? A Shadow of a Doubt. Shadow of a Doubt. That's nineteen thirty nine. It's black and white. It. I. I highly recommend it. Well, thirty nine was Gone with the Wind, right? And The Wizard yeah. of Oz. So you had some really big movies. It's easy for a movie to get lost. So now I have to look this up. Shadow of a Doubt. I will check this out, Jody. I will absolutely take a look at that. And uh, Night of the Living Dead is the one you want to see if you want to be scared. Dawn of the Dead was the sequel, and I think it was a lot cheesier. It still is wonderful in terms of horror film classics. But to me, there's nothing Nothing scarier than Night of the Living Dead. And a close second is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, because I, I knew the uh, young lady who played the lead in that. And that movie was just terrifying. So I'm so glad you're still out there, Jody. So glad you're still loyal to Buck and uh, all of all of his exploits and appreciate you being there every time I'm here filling in. So thank you very much, my friend. Uh, a, a lot going on. I wanted to bring something up. I was talking about, uh, just before the break, I was talking about one of the sponsors of this program, Snippy. And it's a company that has a new social media platform. And I think it's really important, especially when we see what's going on on social media. It's been weeks now that one of the brighter people on social media who happens to be a conservative has been silenced. I'm talking about James Woods. James Woods has over a million followers and Twitter has told him he cannot come back online unless he removes something he posted. He posted a comedic meme and he even said this basically is a joke. But they told him unless he deletes it, he's not allowed back on the format. And I thought, wow, this is a publicly traded company. And, and then I thought, well, maybe, just maybe they're out there making sure that they apply the same kind of standards and principles to everybody who's on Twitter. 
And I looked and I saw the horrific thing that Rosie O'Donnell posted after Lindsey Graham went after the Democrats on the Judiciary Committee and called them out for what they were doing, how they were destroying Judge Kavanaugh and how they were actually making it impossible for anyone to want to be, well, a Supreme Court justice. God knows what else will be affected by this attack on a good man. But Rosie O'Donnell tweeted out, and I have to, uh, I have to delete some of the things she said because I can't say them on the radio. She said, F you, you closeted idiot. This is the patriarchy exposed. This is reality. Deal with it. No Kavanaugh confirmation. Not my president. Well, Rosie O'Donnell put that out there and went after Lindsey Graham. And she's basically, here's a gay woman who's making an allegation that Lindsey Graham is a closeted homosexual. How is that allowed? How is that not considered hate speech? How is that not considered to be over the line by the gods of Twitter? How, Twitter? How? Explain. I guess if you're a liberal, you can say just about anything. I guess if you're a person on the other side of the aisle, it's okay to smear somebody. For example, uh, Bill Maher did the same thing. Bill Maher, on his show this past weekend, after Lindsey Graham gave his fiery speech supporting Judge Kavanaugh, this was on television this weekend and appeared all over Twitter. You know what's bad is this Trumpifying of people. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Trump can either find people like him or make Hi. him like Lindsey right. Graham. Right. Lindsey Graham right. needs the stabilizing influence yes. of his dead boyfriend because he is just... So now Bill Maher has smeared Lindsey Graham and he has also smeared John McCain all in... in 17 seconds on his show. How is this allowed? And don't even get me started on what Saturday Night Live did attacking Kavanaugh. Saturday Night Live attacking Kavanaugh and Graham. And the entire process is all about any means necessary to tear down this nominee. But I don't understand how one social media platform is allowed to single-handedly silence conservatives. I've been shadow banned. If I put a post on my Twitter account, at StuntBrain, if you will, and I include a reference to a gun or a firearm, it is uniformly relegated to the ash heap of Twitter shadow banning. I'm shoved off into the abyss and not given the opportunity to let my audience read it. But if I take out the word gun or firearm and put in something like banana, instantly it's available to everybody. I know it sounds paranoid, but it's true. So how is this allowed? How is this even allowed to happen? Well, I think we've lost our minds. We have given every opportunity to be offensive to the left and zero to be offensive from the right. And maybe it's time we all stood up and looked at some of our folks and their alternatives to these other social media platforms. I'm just saying. Oh, don't get me started on Kathy Griffin. 
Kathy Griffin also went after Lindsey Graham and called Lindsey Graham Ms. Lindsey Graham. And Don Lemon over at CNN additionally said that Lindsey Graham had the vapors, something usually attributed to a woman in the South. So Don Lemon, Kathy Griffin, Rosie O'Donnell, and Bill Maher, you can all make jokes that impugn a man's heterosexuality or mock a man, and yet you're the people living in that universe. It seems like the people in that universe might get a little upset too, but I guess not. I guess this is about any means necessary, and I I just don't understand it. Uh, Maybe I'll get a quick uh, movie here. Uh, Tom in New Haven, Connecticut. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. You had a scary movie for me? Yes, I did. Uh, Halloween. No one's mentioned Halloween. You know, that's a really good point. And it's, maybe it's too obvious that uh, we're talking about October and the fact that so many scary movies come out. But Halloween, now which one? Aren't there like 40 million of them? Oh, my God. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to say, just like the gentleman on the part one and part two, hands down. And no one mentioned Friday the 13th. Come on. Uh, you, you know, you're right. Gotta, Robert Englund yeah. would be mad about that if we didn't <laughs> mention that. Oh, no, 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 Robert. No, no, no. That's uh, that's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. That was my uh, third choice. But Halloween. Sorry. I'm sorry. I've, I've got people yelling in my ear. No, no, no. That's Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't. And you know what? I recognize The Shining and uh, the Amityville Horror. Absolutely. The Exorcist. Hands down. Five stars. Five stars. But uh, I was born in 71, so I don't really recall too many of them. But the Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and the Halloweens. Yeah, too, way too many Halloweens, but way too many Friday the 13th. But those definitely. Well, if something works, you got to keep doing it. That's, that's the way we are, Tom. I appreciate you for joining the conversation. Real quickly, Dave in Albany, New York. You got a scary movie for me, Dave? Uh, the Shining. Yeah, it looks like The Shining is running away with it tonight. I I thought I was going to be able to convince people that Night of the Living Dead is the one that deserves it, but uh, the preponderance of votes right now leaning towards The Shining. Well, they're both uh, classics, and they're both, uh, I don't know, I think, for me, they're in a tie. Well, uh, there's a lot of good ones out there. I've been, uh, my mind has been opened up to a lot, and there's a lot that, don't have monsters. They just have terrifying storylines. It's it's crazy. But thank you for calling in, Dave. I appreciate you. That's a good suggestion. Again, The Shining. Before I uh, jump off to a break, I got to remind you of something really important, and that is the folks at Global Verification Network, Global Verification Network, are the only dual-certified veteran-owned background investigations and vetting company. Now, if you go to mygvn.com, that's mygvn.com, or call 877-695-1179, 877-695-1179, you'll get the details. Federally certified as a veteran-owned small business, that's a VS, VOSB, independently certified by the National Veterans Business Development Council, which is the only minority spend certification recognized by the Billion Dollar Roundtable. Headquartered in my old hometown of Chicago, offices throughout the nation, these are risk mitigation experts. They work with startups to Fortune 100 companies. 
No data or client information is ever offshored. That is huge. All employees located here in the United States. So check them out. That is uh, Global Verific Verification Network. Go to mygvn.com or call 877-695-1179. Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton. Buck will be back tomorrow. I just spotted him on the Twitter where I was reading some of your comments about scariest movies and some of your suggestions. Of course, we'll, we'll take your calls if you want to give us a uh, scariest movie ever. 844-900-BUCK, 844-900-2825. But I'm trying to see what Buck's is because he read my tweet about the scariest movie. And the Duchess was checking in tonight. She said, uh, I think it was the Omen series. Anything from the Omen series was in her tops. Um, I, I think we're going to see a lot of scary stuff coming up. And I'm not talking just about what's going on in the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings. That gets me back to the press conference today. And I I watched as the president was trying to talk about this great deal he just put together with Mexico and Canada, rewriting NAFTA, calling it something new, and holding the press conference, and everybody wanted to get to the Kavanaugh hearings. What about the FBI investigation? What about the third, the third accuser, Julie Swetnick, the one that's tied to Michael Avenatti? The weasel lawyer, Michael Avenatti. Well, now NBC's actually kind of maybe backtracking on pushing for Julie Swetnick to be given credibility. Listen to this, which just went out on MSNBC a little earlier. Till now, NBC News' Kate Snow is reporting this story and just interviewed Ms. Swetnick, an interview that will air now for the first time. Kate? Ari, thanks. What we want to do here is lay out all that she said, her story, our reporting. We want to be very transparent because these are very serious allegations. Kavanaugh has called Julie Swetnick's story nonsense and a farce. The president today questioned her credibility. And NBC News, for the record, has not been able to independently verify her claims. There are things that she told us on camera that differ from her written statement last So there you have it. Kate Snow of NBC News saying that Julie Swetnick, the woman who was talking about a gang rape, who's talking about her claim that uh, Kavanaugh was involved with or stood by as there were gang rapes and a gang rape gang at high school parties. Never mind. She was in college at the time and reportedly went back to 10 more of these parties despite the fact that she claims she was a victim. But now NBC News is actually coming out and saying, well, you know, uh, we haven't been able to independently verify any of this, and she has told us things on camera that differ from her written statement. Well, if that's the case, somebody's lying. Someone's committing perjury. And, and I say, then bring her forward. Let's bring her forward to an FBI investigation. Let's question her. And then let's hit her with a perjury charge and put her behind bars. This house of cards is coming down around Dianne Feinstein and the Democrats. 
and it's shameful, but they will continue attempting to move the goalposts, as Mitch McConnell said today, up until Friday, I guarantee you. Taking a break, when we come back, there's a huge movie coming out in about a week, the Gosnell movie, and uh, I have the director, Nick Searcy, joining us. So you're going to want to make sure you're here for that. Nick Searcy, yes, the actor. He's also a director, and he's an old friend. We'll get to that next on The Buck Sexton Show. Holding the line for America. Buck Sexton is back. Michael Pelga in for Buck Sexton. Buck will be back tomorrow. I'm enjoying hanging out with this audience who I genuinely appreciate. One of the most engaged and uh, intelligent audiences. And I do radio all over the country. And today we're asking questions about news of the day, but also about an anniversary. Today, 50 years ago. The scariest movie atop my list, in a, in a tie with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Scariest movie uh, came out, Night of the Living Dead. And so I asked you guys, what is it? What's the scariest movie ever? Greg in Alabama, you have a scary movie suggestion? Uh, yes, I do, sir. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I'm enjoying your show. Thank you, sir. Uh, I would like to say that uh, uh, if you've never seen it, it stars Richard Gere, and it's actually based on a true story, and it still spooks me today. It's called Mothman Prophecies. The Mothman Prophecy. Now, Mothman, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was a Chicago story. Um, not exactly sure. I don't remember where it actually took place, but he's a... Uh, oh, 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 uh, John whispered in my ear, like Pittsburgh or West Virginia. I think you're right, but yeah. The Mothman Prophecy. I saw a documentary on it, but I haven't seen the movie. So, scary movie. Spooks you, huh? I will tell you something. It still spooks me today just to think about it. Okay. And now I got a chill up my back when you said that, Greg. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thanks for calling in. Let's check in with Jim in North Carolina. Jim, scariest movie ever? And then you had a Kavanaugh comment, too? Yeah. Hey, Mike. Yeah, I sure did. Uh, I want to split my scariest movies up when I was a young kid and an adult. When I was a younger child, about, I guess, four or five years old, um, The Wizard of Oz scared the heck out of me. And I couldn't watch it for years afterwards. And then later on, when I was an adult, uh, my scariest movie would be uh, Alien. I know it's kind of a sci-fi thing, but it was I thought it was really scary when I first saw it in the movie theaters. No, when that alien came out of the guy came out of the belly, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. that was a jump in the seat <laughs> thing. But you're right about the Wizard of Oz. Uh, we were in a big family and we would watch it on TV when it would come on every year. And it was always the little ones who uh, when the trees in the forest got a little grabby. And then when the <laughs> great and powerful Oz was speaking and the lion ran. Uh, my younger brothers and sisters would run out of the room, so you're right. Yeah, those are good picks. Yeah. Now, what's your Kavanaugh yeah. comment? Yeah, uh, my Kavanaugh comment was, and this is something I don't think anybody's brought up yet, uh, brought up yet. Uh, when uh, Dr. Ford said she uh, was going upstairs to go to the restroom, 
And then uh, Kavanaugh and his buddy, you know, pulled her in into the room. They had to be up there already. And they didn't follow her up. They were up there already. And if, I don't know, when I was a kid at the high school parties or whatever, you, you're always downstairs, you know, partying and stuff. Why would they be waiting upstairs? Not, And they wouldn't have known that she was going to go use the restroom or whatever. Why would they be waiting up there? Uh, yeah, it's a, there's so many crazy ends to that story, so many loose ends and unsubstantiated parts of it. Uh, uh, to me, it's Swiss cheese, and it's unfortunate because something obviously affected this woman, but I don't think it had anything to do with Judge Kavanaugh. But thank you, Jim. Thank you for checking in from North Carolina. Appreciate you. Uh, a friend of mine is checking in from Hollywood. I mentioned that I've known Nick Searcy for a few years now. Nick's a great actor. Um, he was in the, that, that uh, Oscar-winning movie, the Shape of Water. He's done a billion things, and he is directing the Gosnell movie. And uh, he's just an all-around good guy, a great, strong conservative, and I believe he's on the phone. Welcome, uh, Nick Searcy, for the first time to the Buck Sexton Show. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. This is great. Yeah, it's it's good for me, you know, because it's work for me, which is always important. But uh, yeah. it, it's it's serious for you because you have got a project among the many projects you're involved with coming up. You've got a project that you directed and you've also you are performing in it. The Gosnell movie, which I guess the official title, Gosnell, the trial of America's biggest serial killer. I get, did I get that right? Yes, that's it. it uh, we're doing some pre-screenings around the country right now, and uh, the movie opens in 700 or more theaters on uh, uh, October 12th. Well, now, this movie, obviously, is uh, a movie that is going to uh, cause a great reaction among audiences. And I have not seen one of the pre-screenings. I plan on seeing it in the theater with a paying audience, because I want to see those reactions. I want to feel what they feel. And uh, so I'm going to be there next weekend at the uh, opening in my local theater. Are you having any trouble getting it into theaters? Well, that's kind of, uh, that's not in my job description. I'm sort of, I'm, I'm not a producer on this. I just directed it. So I'm not uh, involved in trying to get it in theaters. I know that they're getting, they're adding more and more theaters every week. The, the, on the website, gosnellmovie.com, um, you can find out what theaters it's in and in what states. But I know that they, I know they had some trouble finding a distribution deal, but now that they have a distributor, I think it's just a matter of finding space in theaters, and they're, they're doing a pretty good job and having some success with that. Well, that's good. I didn't mean if you personally were going to theaters and knocking on the ticket window going, hey, i got a movie here <laughs> no, for no. you. <laughs> no, but uh, th this movie is controversial to the people who are on the pro-choice side of things. And uh, I read a story last week about what, what was reported as an effort by Planned Parenthood to shut down the screening, and it seemed to be successful. So I just was concerned that uh, freedom of capitalism was being repressed by uh, some people who are, are worried that this should not be seen. I think this movie 
I, I welcome it to be shown. I, I wish they could show it at schools, but I think pe- parents would have their hair on fire if you dared try that. But uh, w- well, you know, I think a lot of the resistance too is 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 coming from people who object to the idea of the movie. They haven't seen the movie itself because the movie itself is not necessarily some sermonizing movie that only tells one side of the story. We deliberately made this movie so that we're just telling you the facts of what happened in the case of this particular man who committed these particular crimes, uh, mostly because we did want the movie. I didn't want the movie to be something that only one side of the issue could see and get information and entertainment from. And it's not that. It's definitely a movie that a pro-choice person could see just as easily as a pro-life person. See, that's a great statement, and I think that statement needs to get out there. Of course, uh, the movie we're talking about is Gosnell, The Trial of America's Biggest Serial Killer. If you want more, GosnellTheMovie.com is where you can find it. It opens on the 12th. Nick Searcy is the director. He's with us. Uh, Nick's in it, but so is Dean Cain, so is Janine Turner, and written by uh, a name that uh, many of names that many of us know, Andrew Clavin. And Philip McAleer, I bumped into Philip, I think it was after CPAC. We were on the same train going home. And he is a force of nature. The guy is just a bundle of energy in this little package of human skin. And I, I, I'm just so happy that you guys all work together on this. Now, if, if you want to say to a pro-choice and a pro-life person why they should go see this movie, what would that pitch be, Nick? Well, I think the three basic uh, components of this movie and the reason I wanted to do it is that the story consists of what happened, why it was allowed to happen, and why nobody wanted to talk about it after it happened. And I think for either a pro-life or a pro-choice person to see this movie, you have to realize that what we want to do is prevent this kind of thing from ever happening again, no matter whether you're pro-life or pro-choice. This, this was supposedly a legal abortion clinic, but the reason he was allowed to do so many illegal things is because the politics of the issue uh, drove the people at the uh, Board of Health in, in Pennsylvania not to inspect his clinic for 17 years. And so he was allowed to go on doing, uh, committing murder, basically, by performing these abortions that were illegal. Uh, and he was allowed to do that because nobody wanted to look at it. And that's that's why it's important for people on both sides of the issue to go. Pro-choice people, I'm telling you, they would be against what this man did just as much as pro-life people would. Well, I, I hope some pro-choice people will go and see this movie. And uh, this is like one of those things when they came out with an environmental movie recently, it was a debunking of global warming. I put up a notice in a community bulletin board inviting 10 neighbors who were all um, sort of earthy people. I said, I will buy your ticket if you will come and see this movie and then discuss its findings with me. I wonder if any churches or groups are doing that to try and invite people from the other side. It might be a, a possibly an interesting idea. We'll see. Well, it's, it would be tough to get because, uh, I mean, I'm telling you, the, part of the reason, part of the story of this movie is how 
the media would not cover the story, would not cover the trial while it was going on because they were afraid that covering the trial might uh, might aid the pro-life side of the argument. And so many times, when you're on the left on almost any issue, it's hard to get somebody who's on the left to even take a look at something that, that disagrees with them in any way, shape, matter, or form. It's like they're afraid of it. So that's that's one str- uh, of the challenges of trying to get a pro-choice person to come see it. Most of the time, they're afraid of it. They don't want to look at it because it might disagree with them. That's a really good point. And uh, I always tell those people, look, the truth has no agenda. The only people that have an agenda are those who don't want you to hear the whole story. So uh, right. you don't want to seem ignorant. Get the whole story, people. Nick, what else yeah. is uh, what else is on the horizon for you after the Gosnell movie? Well, there's a few things coming out. I'm working on a show right now called The Hot Zone, which is a miniseries about the uh, Ebola scare of the 1990s. Oh, no, stop. Yeah. Now, yeah, you're killing me. See, Pres- <laughs> Richard Preston's book, when I picked up yeah. that book, which is a true story, it is a factual story, I picked up that book and started reading it. I could not go to sleep until I finished the damn story. And now you're making a series about it? You're killing me, Nick. Yeah. I, I, I will never sleep <laughs> yeah, again. It's, it's, I'm just acting in it. I'm, I'm just one of the actors. But uh, Juliana Margulies is the star of it. And uh, um, there's, there's, some, there's some other big stars in it like me. That's, yeah, I know, like um, you, but you you <laughs> I, you had me at Juliana Margulies. I'm 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 in. Yeah. I'm in. Ebola and Juliana Margulies. Something I fear, <laughs> and something I fear even more. So uh, I will yeah. be there. Well, I'm, I'm very excited. And, uh, I've yeah. got a I've got a movie coming out later this year called Best of Enemies with um, Sam Rockwell and Taraji P Henson. That uh, I'm not sure exactly when that's coming out, but they say it'll be out before Christmas. Oh, it's fantastic. I can't wait to see it. It sounds like you're doing well and having fun and, and also taking on serious stuff. Uh, his name, Nick Searcy, you can find him online and uh, directing and appearing in Gosnell, The Trial of America's Greatest Serial Killer. Gosnellthemovie.com is where you go. Nick, thank you for carving out some time and take care, my friend. Thank you, Mike. It was good talking to you. And there he goes, Nick Searcy, uh, a really good guy in in Hollywood, I know. A conservative working in Hollywood. How about that? The Gosnell movie promises to be amazing, terrifying, and uh, I I think one of the more important films of the year, but mainstream media will avoid it like the plague. Michael Pelka is my name. When we come back... We'll get to uh, Jim in Delaware. He's got a scary movie uh, idea. So does Hans in New York. And is it Noel or Noel? I think it's Noel in Washington. Noel, we'll wrap up the scary movie poll and uh, wrap up tonight's show on the Buck Sexton Show. It's Michael Pelka filling in for my friend Buck Sexton. And, uh, you know, I just love this audience so much. You guys are so into what we're into and you engage. And that's so important because so many times we are in our world and that means getting into this little device in your hands. But when we can have actual conversations with each other, 
I think we start changing. We stop the dehumanization of society that so many of our smartphones have inflicted upon us. Speaking of smartphones, with all of the recent news about online security breaches, it's hard not to worry about where my data goes. And making an online purchase or just accessing email could put your private information at risk. So if you're being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, your mobile or internet provider, yeah, not only can they record your browsing, but they also sell it sometimes to corporations who want to profit from your information. That's why we here at the Buck Sexton Show have chosen to take back our privacy by using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN, easy to use apps that run seamlessly in the background of my computer, on my phone, or on a tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. Click, you're safe. Protect yourself and using ExpressVPN costs less than seven bucks a month. Think about that, that's like 30 cents a day. Maybe a little more, 35. ExpressVPN rated the number one VPN service by TechRater and comes with 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep hackers out, spies away from all your stuff, ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash buck. That's expressvpn.com slash buck for three months with a one-year package. Three months free with a one-year package expressvpn slash buck learn more now before we get out of here today i asked the question earlier what the heck is the scariest movie ever hans in new york wanted to weigh in on the topic hans welcome to the program well thank you mike it's great to be talking to you yeah our pleasure here what's your scary movie well i think the movie that scared me the most on a core level was poltergeist Hmm, you're the second vote for Poltergeist, and while I, I agree it was a good movie, it's not in my top five, but, you know, a lot of people said when they heard, they're here, they got well, really scared. Well, it scares you on a core level, because the TV set was always deemed safe, and you could put your kids in front of it, right? But they were coming through the TV set, apparently. They sure yeah. were. I, I got to play the lightning round, Hans, so thank you for calling. Let's go to Noel in Washington. Noel, real quickly, what is your, your scary movie? Oh, one I bet you probably never heard of there, my Delaware Godfather. Okay. The, the Incredible Melting Man. The Incredible Melting Man. I haven't, but I'm putting it on my list, and because I only have 30 seconds left, and I have to get to another Delawarean quickly. Jim in Delaware, you get the last call. Scariest movie ever, please. Hey, Mike, as an adult, The Thing by John Carpenter. Ooh, ooh, John Carpenter. And the second John Carpenter mentioned tonight. Thank you. Thank you, my brother in the small state. Michael Pelka checking out. Buck will be back tomorrow. I appreciate you. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Testudo.